How's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders Review. Welcome back to another week, another show. Um, as you can tell, Ian is now the authoritative figure on this podcast <laughs> due to the new mic that he got. Yeah, it's a very uh, passive-aggressive power play. Oh my gosh, that is so loud! It is. Uh, yeah, so he's he's gonna he's gonna get a lot more a lot more points across probably now moving <laughs> forward than I do. But you know, that, that's fine. That's fine. Just adapt and survive. Right. That's the way. That's the way we go. But um, yeah, we're back in Batman the Animated Series for this week. We got three episodes to talk about. We got Off Balance. We got the Man Who Killed Batman, and we have Mudslide. We have a good episode, an all-time great episode, and an okay episode. So a good, yeah. good mix of stuff to talk about today. But uh, before we get into that, there's a little bit. I mean, there's a handful of news. There's some yeah. to uh, talk about. The biggest news of the day, the one that Ian is, I'm sure, super excited about, is oh yes, we have a new Batwoman that has uh, that has been cast officially. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her first name. It's oh, I don't either. Javicia Leslie or something like that. And uh, you know, I mean, they they pretty much did the only thing that they could do, and now Batwoman is a bisexual black woman. So, yeah. You know, I mean we all knew that was going to happen. No, and... but but I'm kicking I'm kicking myself cuz I, I I knew they were going to go, you know, some member of the LGBT community obviously cuz I said that, but I'm like, oh, of course they're going to go black actress, especially with all the stuff going on lately. So, yeah. I'm like, how did I not predict that? And sure enough, it's like again, how can you go more woke than Ruby Rose? And it's like, oh, you get a black bisexual woman. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, but they I are cowards for not getting transgender. Hmm. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. We we don't care about the <laughs> show anyway. But that happened, and it's. Although I will say I'm I'm kind of excited to watch the show now because I mean the show was already bad enough in terms of like the the dumb feminist you know lines like oh the suit will be perfect when it fits a woman. I, I'm curious to see just how progressive it will get now with like the whole race thing being brought in now. So I feel like that'd be even more entertaining to watch. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe, but I, I still yeah. don't care. I, no, I God, no. I, I have no idea who this actress even is. Uh, shoot. She was from, apparently, she's she was a regular on that, uh, the CW show God Friended Me. That's the only thing I've seen about her, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about her. I, I don't either. Um, so that happened <laughs> in actual Batman news. Apparently right. we're still we're still waiting to start production in, over oh, really? in, uh, in the UK. I think there's they still are working towards starting back up because again, I mean, we talked about this before. I mean, everything's been shut down. Well, it's shut down for so long you can't just pick up and Jump right start back, yeah. again. So there's still uh, and and there's all the guidelines and all that stuff that they have to work with and figure sure. out and sort you know sort out the amount of people I'm sure on set is limited you know all that stuff so uh, yeah I, I thought I had seen that they had restarted but I guess it wasn't substantiated yeah apparently they're still working towards restarting um, mm. so 
you know. God. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully it won't be delayed again. Um, oh, God, please no. Because if right now it's already pushed back from June to October of next year, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, but it's still... They're still dealing with all that stuff, and it still hasn't quite started yet. So what if um what if they ended up pushing it back to like Christmas time? I wonder if that would work. No, I don't know. That would be interesting. It I wouldn't surprise would me. No, but I think I feel like it would depend on like when the movie is set. Like, because you could totally do like you know Gotham in, in winter and Christmas time, but you know if you're if you're having the movie set during the summer or something, and you don't really have any of that imagery, I feel like it'd be kind of clashing. But then again, there are plenty of movies that open on Christmas aren't, you know, Christmassy, so you should still do fine. Yeah, that's true. All right, so there's a couple other rumors going around as far as movies in production. A couple of DC properties that are rumored to be in the early stages of uh, of pre-production, so who knows about that. But apparently they're going to make a Zatanna movie, or at least are starting starting work on um on that which oh, I, didn't, I didn't see that one which it's like uh, okay whatever um sure apparently i mean apparently they're working on a justice league dark series for hbo all oh, right and so that makes even less sense because why would you as i don't know you just feel like the zatanna character would be so a better part of that, that. Yeah, like she normally is. So that's a little weird, but who knows? Well, I feel like um, HBO Max or AT&T, whoever is doing what Disney did when they first got the Star Wars license and that's basically announcing all these properties. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then like, you know, within two years or basically had to see how the first crop does financially. And then it's like, OK, well, this is realistically how many will actually do because yeah. they announced like five or six and gave everyone excited and then their first one, you know, either other performs or they only have enough for a certain or the schedule allows. And so they're, they're kind of in that honeymoon phase right now. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, the other one though. Yeah. The other one, apparently again, Constantine is again. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of something else that oh, just well, came out. Well, yeah, apparently there's constant, a Constantine movie in development and that's a, uh, JJ Abrams production. Oh God apparently so there's any way to you know somehow take away all excitement just add that name yeah um because you know again i say he usually a part of justice league dark so wouldn't he feel better with that too yeah well bad robots are they're the ones apparently working on the justice league dark series so oh kill us and and also i mean they're a part of all this stuff so unfortunately they signed a contract yeah right so brilliant i don't know man again uh, that's another thing i would expect to be a part of justice league dark so although, although maybe they're they're finally taking everyone's advice and doing the solo movies and you know introduction movies before the actual team-up movie but well, yeah and that's fair um if that is the case but you know sure but I, I, I but at the same time that that, may, that makes sense with characters like batman superman wonder woman but i don't know if like Zantana needs a full movie to herself you know yeah i agree um, I, I, I like the Constantine character. I've always been a fan of, yeah, the, yeah. of the character and I, I loved the, the TV show. I loved Matt Ryan. I never watched it. Yeah. I loved Matt Ryan playing Constantine. I thought he was absolutely perfect. That's what um, I heard. Yeah, he looks apart. Yeah. But then just, they had no audience. And so it yeah. only lasted 13 episodes and it was another one of those CBS shows. 
Oh, um, CBS. It wasn't a CW? No, it was it was CBS like Supergirl was when it started. So Right, right. It only got half a season, which was a shame. Uh, of course, they brought the character back, and he's been a regular in that Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Show, which is which is good for it. I don't. I mean, I don't care because I don't watch that. But I liked I liked the character, and I liked and I like Matt Ryan as Constantine. So at this point, getting another one is just kind of like, eh. Uh, yeah, God, we'll already be a third one if you count Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But yeah, the um the other rumor I saw was talking about. I don't know if you saw, but basically a new justice league movie um it won't be in continuity with Zack snyder's justice league cut which i feel like that's obvious um but it's supposed to take place after the flashpoint movie and i guess be the re i don't even not even reintroduction because most people are assuming they're keeping gal gadot as wonder woman and jason momoa as uh, aquaman and, and uh, what's his name as the flash but yeah. maybe it's a way to bring in this new Robert Pattinson Batman like again we have I I saw that and I was like again why are you announcing a new Justice League movie when you don't even know what continuity all your heroes are in yeah that I don't know I haven't heard that and that sounds insane yeah I think I saw it um I think someone forwarded or um retweeted it from like Screen Rant or one of the two and granted they are known for some clickbaity stuff but I think even Midnight's Edge was touching on it but um yeah I'd be curious who knows? <laughs> I don't know, man. But again, uh, it feels like they announce a new project, DC project every day. So take yeah. these with a grain of salt. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, there was a pretty cool thing that came out on YouTube a few days ago. The Russo brothers have been doing like a, a podcast. Oh, where um, during this quarantine with different people, I think they call it like the pizza box Oh, okay. shoot what is it called uh i blanked pizza on gate <laughs> no no it's um ah crap i don't remember what it's called oh yeah oh, right. P- pizza film school that's what it's called oh okay and uh, interesting they have different people on there but they had mark hamill on one uh oh, wow. earlier this week and um with him and marcus and mcfeely were on it as nice, well nice. and so that was uh that was awesome definitely check that out it's a two-parter and they're talking empire strikes back but Sweet. but i mean it's mark hamill so he talks about everything and to be honest probably talks more about star wars than empire strikes back but it doesn't even matter i've probably heard oh, half the stuff that he talks about before but it's just it's so much fun to listen to him talk about star wars it's oh, uh, I bet. it's awesome and just hearing them, that you know, and the russo brothers are able to break down stuff even more so like as far as like the structure of the movie and, and different writing aspects so it's just it's real interesting it's interesting to, oh, okay interesting to listen about and, you know and they talk about how it influenced infinity war and endgame because infinity oh, war obviously. basically was empire strikes back and it's totally you know, so it's it's pretty cool it's definitely worth worth checking out but I, I stumbled on that a couple of days ago so that's pretty cool um, check that out. another pretty cool thing i um i stumbled across on youtube i've been i don't know why i've been on this weird kick of uh watching a bunch of uh, sequel trilogy videos oh sure those are always fun <laughs> i've uh i've been having way too much fun watching 
like the, the longest breakdowns of um oh those are the best of all this of all this just crap it's been um it's been a lot of fun i've been watching all of Mahler's videos. Oh yeah, I love Mahler. I I literally watched his six-hour critique of the Last Jedi. Last Jedi, yeah, that's the one. Um, that, that's the one that made him. <laughs> but the big one that I found this is what started me watching all this stuff was uh, it came, and it uh, it came out just a few days ago on on July fifth. But uh, the closer look, I don't know if you've seen any of his videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. He came out with uh, Star Wars How to Kill a Franchise. Oh, it's an okay. hour and 43 minutes. Um, it's cut into like four different parts of, you know, he had, and the parts are uh, the whole trilogy is bad, is a bad sequel. And he breaks nice. down. And again, this is a very like objective look on on these movies, which is which is pretty interesting. Kind of okay. like what what Mahler's done done some of that too, but um. Although Mahler's very um, passionate, right? right. And th- this guy is too, but like he's just explaining what what sequels are and how these do not act as sequels at all. Um, oh, sure. Just as far as what it is, so that's pretty cool. Talks about the lack of world building, the just massive oh, yeah. lack of world building. Um, then, so the second one's called a boring world. The third part is called a confused vision. Cause obviously we have like four different no things in this yeah. <laughs> from movie to movie. Everything completely sure, changes sorry. each time. And then for the last part in like half an hour, he lays out beat for beat an entire trilogy, a sequel trilogy. And it's fantastic. Like it, it, it's it's like chill inducing and then rage inducing because you're like, why didn't that happen? Um, now, granted, it's not hard to come up with a better sequel trilogy. True. Very, very <laughs> low hanging fruit. But his is very well thought out and I thought pretty good. And he uses pretty much all the characters that they created, like the names and stuff like that, but actually makes them interesting characters. OK. Um, and it's pretty cool. So it's definitely worth it's worth checking out. For sure. Yeah, I've checked out. I've checked out so many of them. I, I somehow I think I've missed that one. But um, yeah, well, there, there's it just so many came great out ones. a few days ago. So oh, that's part. Yeah, that's probably why. But yeah, like the Mahler, uh, Er, uh, Critical Drinker. They they all have some great stuff on it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll definitely check that one out. Yeah, so that one that one's pretty good. Um, another thing, I finished my uh, Back to Future video finally. Yeah, it's awesome. On that forever. Um. <laughs> So that that's up on YouTube now. So go and check out our our YouTube channel, the End Cape Crusaders, and uh, you can check out my our most recent video up there, which is uh, the real hero of Back to the Future. It's all yeah, about it's how go. George McFly is is actually the hero of Back to the Future. So that was you pretty. Even, fun. You even uh, got your video essay voice down, Pat? Oh, for sure, you have to. Happy it's not too much though. You, you you didn't go overboard with that. I, I thought about adding in some uh, things you'd really like, like your Ugh. favorite parts of video essays, but then I didn't. Yeah, like the like condescending dictionary. Uh, <laughs> the protagonist is like, oh no, thank you. I, I didn't take fourth grade literature. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But um, but yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, I have I have a bunch of material on Back to the Future that I have to work with, and so oh, uh, part two. This was just no 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 not part two, just totally different topic. Uh, I oh, got okay. I got several topics on. I I wrote a huge paper on many aspects, and this was just a tiny part of it. 
most of it was on the comparison of the 50s and 80s and yeah. both like both film culture and like actual culture that was the main thing that it was touching on so i got a lot of stuff on that and i touched into it a little bit with the time period but i got a lot of stuff on that so one day okay. I'll, I'll get to that but right now i haven't even finished our movie swap video and i don't know when that's going to come out everything's been super slow yeah that's all right but that'll happen eventually. Also, coming up at some point in the next few weeks, we'll have our uh, our uh, Batman. Batman live uh, or uh, our live action Batman rankings for all the live yeah. action Batman films. So that'll be pretty fun too. Uh, so yeah, we have several things that will be coming on uh, on our YouTube channel, the Uncaped Crusaders, um, eventually as as the weeks weeks go by. So definitely That's check that out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Videos are not quick. Audio is quick. Videos are not quick. <laughs> not, not at all. But um, anyway, so all right. Uh, have you watched any movies, Ian? Uh, I've seen one. Uh, I finally saw a movie that came out this year. Wow. Yeah. Have, had you seen any? Uh, no, uh, other than <laughs> other than Extraction, no. That was you the last one. Seen a single movie that came out this year. No, I have, but uh, it's been a while. Yeah, the last one was uh, Extraction Movie with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, 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 gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, that's fair. I was like, we've been, we've, we went to see movies, Ian. What are you talking about? Yeah, and then before that was a way back, and I think that might be it in terms of 2020, which is pretty sad. But No, 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 we, we went to go see several movies, I thought. In 2020? Yeah, didn't we? I don't think so, man. Yeah, well, I saw. Well, we saw, we saw 1917 again, but yeah, that, that's technically true. it came out. Well, not for us. That was yeah. only limited release. Yeah, but anyway. Uh, no, so I finally uh, saw The Invisible Man from uh, oh, Blumhouse. Okay. Yeah, my, uh, I was with my brother-in-law and sister, and they wanted to watch it. I'm like, yeah, sure. I've heard good things. You know, it was well done. I I, I, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm really not a big horror movie fan. Yeah, I know. Um, I just, I, I, there are a lot of horror movies I like, but as a genre... I just find it to be pretty, especially nowadays, especially with everything being done by Blumhouse. I find it yeah. to be pretty repetitive. And, and this is nothing different. Um, it's done well. It's directed by the guy who did Upgrade and Saw and all those movies. I forget his name, but he's very those famous. Are, uh, those are different guys. It's the guy who worked with James Wan. He did Upgrade. Okay. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think James Wan directed Saw. But yeah, he James worked Wan on directed the Saw movies. That's right. Uh, Lee something. But um, he's a good director and, and the movie looks great. Um, some very effective filmmaking. But eh, my, my problem is, is that for every clever thing the movie does, there are two or three elements that you just have to kind of turn your brain off, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like every time every time I want to give the movie points, like, oh, OK, that's interesting. That's, that's a cool idea. Something happens. It's like, oh, OK, I, I have to suspend my uh suspension disbelief or whatever and, and just kind of go with it and and that's the problem and the other part is it's not scary um yeah. i was curious if it was maybe scarier for a woman because i asked my uh sister if it was scarier because the whole thing is about this woman who's you know in an abusive relationship and she's traumatized and now her abusive husband uh, boyfriend fiance whatever is you know stalking her basically and i was like is it was it scary for you and she was like no and so i'm glad <laughs> i'm not the only one because yeah, I mean, they're, they're jump scares, which I, I hate, but, you know, of course, sure. that's part of modern-day movies. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's I, I didn't hate myself watching it. Um, it kind of helped that we were kind of making fun of it as it went along. But, yeah, I, I just can't imagine, like, seriously sitting down and being like, oh, wow, this movie is 
It's fantastic. I, I will say, though, I, I do give them credit for taking an idea that at first, I don't know if you remember, they were going to do the re, uh, a remake of the original Invisible Man, but like a, the same type of movie with Johnny Depp and that whole stupid dark universe. Right. <laughs> the yeah. universe that never happened. So I'm, yeah, that I'm didn't glad work they out. took... No, I'm glad they took this direction and just made it a cheap Blumhouse, but, you know, entertaining movie, which took the concept, but kind of set it in modern day and, you know, again, made it like most modern day horror movies. But I'm glad they didn't try and remake, you know, the classic like they did. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, again, like if you watch it, you'll be entertained for 90 minutes. But I, I, yeah, it wasn't anything spectacular. Did well, made a bunch of money. It did, and like people love it. Every time I see it pop up in my Letterbox feed, it's got like four or five stars. I'm just like, I, I get, I know a lot of people are really into horror movies, and so yeah, I guess true. if you if you already really like horror movies, you'll you'll judge that movie based on that. But same thing with Midsummer, I feel like. But but yeah, yeah just so for me, it's just eh. <laughs> there's a there's a whole there's a whole group of film people that are just big that are just big horror fans. It's just oh yeah, I was, yeah. I was, when I, I, was, I was never a horror fan. I have a handful of handful of horror films I really like, but it's mostly classics. Classic ones. And, yeah, uh, Alien, The Thing, stuff like that. Yeah, Alien, The Thing, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. Um, the Witch, though. Polter, the Witch Polter, has Poltergeist. Really Poltergeist sure. is fantastic. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of those I'm, I'm a big fan of. But right. I don't know. And another thing, I feel like horror movies back basically up through most of the 80s, it felt like they were different. Like each one – kind of yeah. had it so i mean you know eventually you kind of got to where it was just you know a big slasher. slasher villain right but um but even even with kind of the main ones they were all very for the most part pretty different and yeah. each each had something that stood out and for the most part when you talk about you know those type of greatest horror movies they they're there's so much more than just horror movies i mean even you if you go back to jaws or yeah right, right. alien or all those it's like they're all very different and at some points, we just kind of went into this little niche of what a horror movie is, and that's why. Uh, and and even, and that's why the handful of you know, th- there's a handful of those that kind of are able to kind of branch out, and those are the ones that people talk about more. Like you said, The Witch or Insidious or some of those. It follows, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of those that kind of are able to to get above that, but but yeah, I've just never been a huge fan of the, of the genre of movies, so. Just nothing really appealed to me, appeals to me for the most part. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna put it on your movie swap because, I mean, unless I have nothing else, I just ran out of movies completely, which might happen eventually. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're really not missing anything. Um, yeah, I dated a girl once in Chicago, and we were talking. She's like, "I love horror movies." I'm like, "Okay, I can work with that." She's like, "Yeah, my favorite movie of all time is a Blair Witch." I'm like, "Oh boy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the second one is Paranormal Activity. Oh, well, yeah, I feel like that's kind of what started that whole trend you're talking about, of just making everything exorcism or ghosts or freaking demons in the house. I'm so I hate that crap. Yeah, but it's cheap. It is. And it's effective. You make a movie for 10 million, it makes 100 million and boom. You're good. Not even, not even 10 million. Not even for like 3 million. Oh, yeah. Some of these are dirt cheap. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, all you? right. So you saw a movie. I saw just one movie as well this week oh yeah I you saw, saw a weird movie <laughs> i saw an all-time classic one of the greatest movies ever made it's the 1982 all-time great film the beastmaster uh, i must have missed that one uh the beastmaster i uh, it was probably made for i don't know in between 12 and 13 bucks 
and boy. uh uh well it it is it, it it's it's a movie i guess okay, well, i mean it what, kind what of is a movie it's what a very to, to watch this movie it's well it's on amazon and it's it's a very complicated movie with i swear the script has to be less than 30 pages long the movie is two hours long script oh my God. cannot be more than 30 pages there's no dialogue there's no oh. exposition so for all the people that complain about movies where it's like expedi- expedi- ugh, I can't talk exposition dumps and all this stuff and explain uh-huh. it. Well, this is the movie for you because you will have no <laughs> idea what, what is going on most of the time because they will not tell you. Good uh, Lord. Not only will they not tell you, a lot of times they won't even show you. Uh, th- th- this movie seems to show all the in-between things and skip most of the actual you know, inciting incidents. Oh, wow. And then they, then they tell you about them after. And you're like, well, why do we see that? I wanted to see them all get captured as they tried to raid the wall. Like what, (laughs) why do we just hear and then see them in a cage? Like that's, I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's very budget related. I'm sure on the script they had a a huge, yeah, I'm sure, you know, in theory they had a huge epic, you know, tail and then and then they saw their budget what they could and couldn't do oh we can't do this battle scene we can't do this someone just tell the audience about it and if me and you lived out in the you know kind of somewhere close to the the hills or kind of the deserts of of uh southern california mm-hmm. and you know had were able to raid a local playhouse theater of some of their costumes <laughs> and were able to get a, a couple of animals and maybe a helicopter for some overhead shots. We could make this movie guaranteed. Oh boy. We could make it probably better. Um, I, I watched this with my buddy Chase, and he 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 um, insisted that this was not a B movie; that it was definitely a C movie. <laughs> and he's probably not wrong. It's an I can't even explain it, man. It's this this kid, and he's. The king, uh, the king is and his wife are pregnant, and this evil priest, someone like an oracle, says that the kid will end up killing him. So he wants to get rid of the kid. So he has a weird priest use some spell to transport the baby from the stomach of the mom into a cow, and then that what? kills the mom, and then. They cut the baby out of the cow and then brand it and then are going to kill it. But then a peasant farmer finds the finds the witch who's going to kill him and saves him and then raises him. And then the kid has special powers where he can communicate with animals. Oh, my God. And then his whole village gets killed 20 years later by raiders. And so then he goes back for revenge and then meets these weird bird people that disintegrate people and then gets a couple of ferrets as friends and an eagle as a friend and a tiger that's painted black to look like a jaguar, which I don't know why. That's the most (laughs) mind-boggling thing in this whole movie is they paint the tiger black, but it's clearly a tiger. Yeah, why wouldn't you just flaunt that you have a tiger? A tiger looks cooler. Right. I don't understand that decision at all. That is by far the most mind-boggling thing in this whole weird movie. Um, 
but well, anyway, the poor so it's intern this, with that job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Um, and so he goes on this quest to to for revenge and ends up running into a couple of people. He runs into this slave girl, Kira or Kiri. Um, there, although there's two slave girls, and then all oh. of a sudden there's just one. And yeah. I don't know where the other one went. Like, there were two. And then he <laughs> talks with the one, and then the other one's never seen again. I don't know what happened. Um, the actress probably dipped out when she saw what she was doing. Yeah, She probably. was like, yeah, no. That could – you might be right, to be perfectly I, I bet I am. <laughs> uh, and then he runs into John Amos, which it's like, poor guy. Well, he's oh, in no. this movie. Both him and yeah. Rip Torn are both in this movie. And it's just like, Rip man. Tor- oh, boy. This movie is so above both of you, but they don't act like it. They 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 act right along par with the rest of this movie, which is wow. kind of a shame. It's just like, okay, Rip, I know you're better than this. Right. Um, same same with John Amos. Like I like both of you guys, but they, they don't even oh, that's sad. they don't even do a good very good job in this movie. Well, not, no, not that I'm they sure. have anything to work with. To be fair, right? They right. they don't try either. Um. It it's weird, man. It's it's a weird movie. There's a handful of weird set piece battles with poor choreography, and you know, I mean, again, as to be honest, this is a very intricate B movie. Like I've never seen a B movie with this much lore and oh, yeah. and stuff like that, which is fairly interesting. At least it's unique. You know, they're not really. Com- this came right around the same time as these uh, sword and sorcery movies. We're really oh, sure. starting because I feel like Conan maybe was the first one. Yeah, to Conan kind of was the big one. Yeah, and that, that came out talked. right before this movie. So, I yeah. mean, this one was already being made when Conan was, you know, not even coming out yet. So it's not even like it was copying that. But it just kind of hit that genre that became real big. These B-movie sword and yep. sorcery movies in the 80s. And this was one of the forefathers of it. And, you know, I mean, again, I feel like this movie could have been better if it had had right, with decent, hands. decent people making it. I mean, again, it's an interesting story. It's just well, maybe not maybe very, not executed it. very well. Um, uh, the reason you asked earlier why I would watch this. Well, the reason is me and my buddy Chase are going through and trying to watch more of the movies that are referenced in Community. Oh, okay. That we haven't seen before. And there's an episode of Community where Pierce dresses up as the Beastmaster from Hall- uh, for Halloween. And... The joke is he he is trying to be cool, and so he's trying to do what all the cool kids would dress up as because, of course, he's like 70 years old and thinking <laughs> it's still 1982. Right. And so anyway, so that because of that, we're like, let's watch Beastmaster. And, and then I saw it on, on randomly on Amazon like a week ago, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this movie's on Amazon. So. Well, yeah, no one's gonna pay money for it. That's you where literally, that happened, but you literally watched one of the movies that Red Letter Media watches on Best of the Worst. Really? No, this is totally yeah. They like they they watched a the movie on one of their episodes. It was called a Death Death Stalker, and literally as you were explaining this movie, I'm like, wait, was that the movie they watched? But I remember that movie was called Death Stalker, but it's the same. It's all the yeah, yeah. the B and C movie, low budget uh, sword and sorcery flicks that people try to make in California, and yep. yeah, there's a million of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, wow. anyway, it was what it was. It oh, I'm was sure. It was. So surprisingly, made through the whole thing. Yeah. Well, it, again, it was too long. Also, man, it was two hours long, and it's just like this should not have been two hours long. But <laughs> no. Anyway, so that's all I've watched new so oh, nice. far for uh, this week. But anyway, way enough of that. And uh, after talking for way too long, now it's time to get into the actual episodes today. We got three Batman animated series episodes to talk about. 
We got uh, Off Balance. Um, we got the man who killed Batman. And we have Mudslide. So, all right. Off Balance. Interesting episode. Yeah. We got Vertigo, the main villain of this. But the big story is we're introduced to the Society of Shadows because apparently they don't want to use the word League. And obviously they don't want to use the word Assassins, which is fair. Yeah, I get, I get that part. But it is weird. Society of Shadows. Instead of, but, can you just say League of Shadows? I mean, that's what they did but, for Batman Begins. Yeah, there's actually quite a few kind of looks like references um, that Batman Begins used from this episode. Like even the the shadow guys, they're like the goggles and face masks they wear look a lot like yeah. what the League of uh, Shadow guys were wearing at the end of Batman Begins. So definitely yeah, some does. inspiration. Um, but yeah, so correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the Society of, Sh- of Shadows was not Rachel Ghul and Talia, but just Vertigo and some other branch off. Uh, what do you mean? So Vertigo is not working with uh, Rachel Ghul because yeah, the, the spoiler <laughs> at the end we find out that you know Talia is working for Rachel Ghul. But oh yeah, what a surprise! Um, um, but I was on the impression that she's stealing it from Vertigo and the Society of Shadows because they're not with Rach. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. I'm, that's I what can't I thought. Tell. I can't tell. I mean, I yeah, that's see, I, I don't know. Because I forget confusing. what. Yeah, because I forget. Because um, I know you know Ray, we see Rache and the League later on, but I forget what they call them in this show. I don't know if they call them the Society of Shadows the whole time. You know. Uh yeah, I don't remember. I. So I was just I was curious. Yeah. I don't remember, but um, hmm. but yeah, we'll have to see. But right off the bat, these guys commit suicide. And you're like, holy <laughs> crap! In this, uh, kid, not quite, yeah. This kid show, and then of course they explain it. Where, oh, they use this gas to erase their minds, and you're like, well, that's so the way they vegetables. got out of it. But, but for all Still. things considered, man, they, yeah, I mean, they just it, commit suicide on screen, and then it goes black yeah, with no explanation until later, and you're like, holy crap! Yeah, so there's a good thirty seconds where you you just assume they they took cyanide or whatever, but no, they they definitely have to mention that they did not die. Sure, sure, well, of course, but, uh, but that was even still, funny. it's still pretty. Oh yeah, it's pretty graphic for again a kid show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's pretty straightforward. I forgot how quick this episode moves. It, it, it moves quick and then literally w- once you're introduced to vertigo and everything that's pretty much all it is, is yeah. <laughs> vertigo has this one device that basically makes you drunk and then well yeah it messes with your equilibrium i guess i'm not sure i i always thought that this type of device messed with your equilibrium but now but it's visual in yeah, this episode so i'm not quite sure did you ever like wear those uh, drunk goggles like in school that the they would no. make you wear? It to, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. That's 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 like what I feel like the effects are because I remember wearing those and yeah, it's like you have no, um, you have no reference for anything and you're just like you're you're basically drunk. But yeah. so that's kind of what, like what I feel is happening. But man, talk about a freaking effective weapon. Yeah, no, it's a, it's <laughs> a great idea for a weapon. Um, and he especially steals, not kill anybody. Right. Yeah, it's perfect for this show. Yeah. And uh, so he steals this big land drill or something that that I don't know how that thing. I don't know anything. I don't, I don't get that that yeah. thing at all. It makes no it's sense like a, to me, but it's it's giant like thing that you shoot and it shoots invisible things and blows up the ground. That That's all I that's what it does. I don't, yeah, I don't understand like a pulse what it actually rifle is. That 
but I don't know. They call it a drill. It doesn't seem like a drill, but that's what they call it. But uh, a sonic drill, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, it's a dangerous weapon. That's all that matters. Um, And so he steals it. Batman's got to get it back. And so he goes to this big lair and runs into Talia a couple of times and works with her. And then, of course, at the end, when they get the drill, she then turns on him because she's actually working for Ra's al Ghul, of course. But he's smart enough. And uh, but he sabotages it. And then that's the episode. It's pretty simple. Um, Straightforward. I know this is our first time seeing Talia and Raish. Yes, Um, it is. This isn't our first time seeing Lucius, is it? No, no. We've seen Lucius several times. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But (sighs) um, there are some cool parts. One, Talia immediately sees he's Bruce Wayne because she just takes the mask off and you're just like, oh, see how easy it is? How come this doesn't happen all the time? Uh, Which is pretty funny. Also, I was thinking about this. Don't they make a big deal out of it when we finally get introduced to Rachel Ghoul and the Demon's Quest? Don't they make a big deal out of it about him figuring out he's Bruce Wayne? Uh, and, yeah. And he explains like how or, or only Bruce Wayne could have these resources, you know, h- however he does, because he, he figures it out in the comics, too. Yeah. But he doesn't figure anything out. Talia knows. Excuse me. Uh, I guess it's I guess fraud. she. I guess she doesn't tell him. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be, I mean, that's the only way to explain it. Because, yeah, doesn't he, make that's the whole. Sense, though? No, you, you think it'd be like, hey, the, the guy who blew up your weapon. Oh, I found out who he really is. Yeah, it's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, I was thinking maybe, about maybe, that while watching this. Maybe she, maybe he was all mad. and was like, don't tell me. I need to figure out. And all the henchmen are like, yeah, don't. He likes to figure out for himself so he can show how smart he is. Well, yeah, that's maybe. maybe. I can uh, see him doing that. A few things, though, with this episode. One, uh, the single coolest shot in all of the animated series is in this episode. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yep. And it's the shot in the, in the forest when yep. he goes to help Talia and just jumps on all those all those uh, Society of Shadow guys. That shot, when he jumps out of the tree, yep. backlit, silhouetted Classic. against the, mo- the, sky- the night sky is the coolest shot I- I- in the show. It is... I mean, we've seen it done before, but it's always, always cool. It's so well done. It looks awesome. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I instantly saw them like, yep, that's awesome. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, And then the big thing of how they get through the... So what Vertigo does is they're able to escape, of course, Talia and and Batman from their their room where they're being held. And... uh, very loosely. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> we find out why, because then they walk into this, I don't know, big something. something call it a lab. Yeah. And yeah, lab or something. And Vertigo sets all uh, several of his Vertigo machines. And so they have to traverse this booby trapped lab. And um, Batman's able to do it. No problem. And Talia's like, how in the world could you do that? And he's like, oh, I just kept my eyes closed. <laughs> I feel like that's something like, on the Adam West show. No, that's awesome. It counteracts the thing because you know no, it's totally. not distorting your vision. He just uses his uh, his uh, other senses to get through. And yeah, you are right though. That does sound like something that would be in an Adam West show. You're, you're you're expecting some like high grade device or you know convoluted way. It's just him going. No, Robin. I simply close my eyes. And that is like, why oh. you must work on all five senses. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. 
that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. So that's how they get through, and then we're able to take down Vertigo by ringing a bunch of bells in this bell tower, and that makes him jump out the window. And uh, they don't <laughs> capture him because he jumps into the water and disappears. Yeah. Does he uh, come back? I can't remember. I think so. I think he does. I don't remember when, or but yeah. I, I think he does come back. But and then you have the end with Batman sabotaging the uh, the drill as Talia takes it from him, and that, that that's pretty much the end of the episode. But there's some pretty cool things in this episode because they have the whole bell tower, and they have the shot of Vertigo falling out of the tower, and oh, you see yeah. the camera shot from inside looking out of the window. With the uh, with him falling like past the window opening, which is just a direct reference to uh, the Hitchcock film Vertigo. Yeah, totally. So that that's pretty cool. That, that's pretty. Yeah, cool that's a nice little callback. Um, and uh, of course, this is the first ever this is the first ever appearance of Rachel Ghoul in anything other than comics. Oh wow! Yeah, I guess so. so. Yeah. The first time he he has ever appeared in any other medium, which is which is pretty cool. Of course, of course at this point. Yeah, that's pretty significant. Of course at this point he's been in, you know, the best Batman movie ever. So, of course. And then he was on Arrow, which we don't want to talk about. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Blech. That's not really <laughs> Which you shouldn't be, which is obvious, but whatever. That's, that's fair. Um <laughs> So this episode yeah. is based on a comic story, Batman Into the Den of Death uh, Death Dealers. It's Detective oh. Comics number 411 uh, by Denny O'Neill, and it has the first meeting between Talia and Batman in it. Um, so that's kind of what it's loosely, okay, loosely based based off of. But yeah, I mean, a decent episode. Not a bad episode. Interesting. Yes. Nice setup with, the, uh, with, the, uh, with Rachel Ghoul and everything. It's just very straightforward. Like, nothing outlandish. There's no ridiculous over the plot uh, over the top plot that makes no sense no, it's just very it's kind of yeah i feel like it's you know basically there to set up the whole um demon's quest and league of shadows or assassins whatever and mm-hmm. yeah it does it well and again it's like oh we don't need to, we don't need to do a whole lot else we'll just have a villain that batman has to overcome and that's yeah. pretty much it yep nothing wrong with that nope no but a good episode uh this one came out on november 23rd 1992 and it's got a 7.8 rating on IMDb. Now, right. should we go ahead? And, I was thinking we should go ahead and talk about the Clayface one so we can. Yeah, that's a fair point. The, that's a fair yeah, point. That. Might, as well, might as well just get through the uh, Clayface episode. So we'll skip over the man who killed Batman. We'll come back to that in a second. But um, we're going to talk about Mudslide first. Mudslide, yeah. Uh, Mudslide it's weird. fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's pretty boring, to be honest. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's just it's a very talk about outlandish type of plot, at least uh, revolving around the scientist and what she's going to do with Clayface or how she's treating Clayface. Like when she like molds him and presses him into like a, a, a man, but he's still yeah. like he looks like a Ken doll almost. It's weird. Yeah, it's this weird plastic case yeah. that he sticks because he's falling apart Clayface is falling apart so he's constantly trying to figure out a cure for himself and uh this is the first time we've seen Clayface because he disappeared at the end of uh feet of clay right so first time we've seen him again and so it's him committing crimes but basically to either get money to buy things to help him or to 
steal things that are trying to help him. So, yeah, I mean, that's always a good thing for a villain. Um, sure. Yeah. Whenever yeah. they have actual motivations for stuff like that. Um, Reminds me of a Sandman in Spider-Man 3. Although yeah, it's for, yeah. was for his daughter. He's stealing money for his daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's for his daughter, but yeah, no, that, that, that's a fair comparison. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's not, there's, I don't know. It's just <laughs> kind of very disjointed and nothing really connects. And then there's not really much of a plot. And so it just kind of just, everything just kind of happens. Yeah. And like, even, even the fighting with Clayface, which is one of the highlights of feats of clay is like the awesome, yeah. just how much of a hard time he gives Batman. Cause he is so like formidable. And this one, you know, he's like falling apart and he's like slowly <laughs> walking away from Batman. So it's not even like, you don't even get the excitement you do from like feats of clay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of, yes, yeah, this is a weird episode, but again, there's nothing kind of on the surface, like wrong with it in terms of, like, oh, Batman's an idiot or the episode doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's obviously pretty outlandish to begin with, but yeah, yeah it's just, it's, it's weird. You got the whole like backstory about the, the lover or the scientist lady who, who wants to make him a movie star again or whatever. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I don't know what <laughs> no. this relationship is or what does she get out why of it? it's here or what's going on or who this character is or why she cares or I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Nothing's. Nothing's really explored. Yeah, I, I feel like they just wanted to, yeah, use Clayface again and bring him back, but they're just like, oh, we gotta, how do we come up with a new story? Oh, he has some new accomplice lady who I guess fell in love with him after he became Clayface or took I, pity on him. I have no idea. Again, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know either. <laughs> um, she's just there, and everything's just kind of there. So yeah, I mean, and one thing it does play with. Uh, you know, the, the clay face being an, you know, cause Matt Hagen was an actor. Right. And so they play with a lot of movie references in this. Yeah, that's cool. Which is, um, which, I mean, that, that's interesting. Cause you have sure. the, I mean, obviously, I mean, just the, the girl alone is just a walking movie reference. Just being oh, yeah. Stella Bates and she owned a <laughs> hotel and you know, it's just like <laughs> nothing but movie references. So that, I mean, that part's interesting, but sure. Yeah. Just fine. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all it is. It's, it's fine. nothing. I can't really even think about anything standing out, like even yeah. something like the cool Batman shot. Uh, yeah, not really in this episode. But again, nothing, nothing terrible. Yeah, definitely. Because again, nothing terrible really about the show. No, 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 definitely not terrible, but definitely not very memorable either. No, nah, this is one you can skip for sure. Uh, all right. So this episode came out. On uh, September 15th, 1993, and it's got an 8.3 rating on IMDb. So wow, okay. fairly a fairly high rating for, for this episode, which was pretty, I don't sure. know. I think People love Clayface. Yeah, which is fair, but it's sure. just kind of a eh episode. Oh, okay, here's some interesting things. There are some a uh, few, few facts in here about the episode. Um, obviously, I already talked about the character's name being Bates which is obviously from Psycho. And um, so when he's put in that suit, um, it looks like an Oscar statue. Oh, yeah, it totally does. I didn't even pick up on that. I didn't think That's about what that it looks either, like. but yeah, it definitely yeah. does. Okay, yeah, nice. Uh, of course, we get the Stella Streetcar Named Desire reference. Um, the movie that Stella's watching, the Matt Hagen movie with Al- uh, Alfred... 
later says it's uh, the dark interlude, but yeah, the well, plot the is uh, yeah, but the plot is basically the same as the 1939 film, uh, the Betty Davis film, Dark Victory. So oh, okay, that's based yeah, off even... a uh, a real real thing. And um, also, when the movie finishes, you see the Warner Brothers logo. Yeah, yeah. And the words "the end" without any end credits, which is how all movies used to end back in the day. Sure, yeah. There yeah. were credits only at the beginning of the movie, so that's that's a little bit, little bit of a nod. Oh, history, yeah. Nod to that. Um. And um. So, anyway, <laughs> handful, that's handful it, yeah. of things. There. Yeah. So. That's so cool. Yeah, that's some interesting trivia. But yeah, overall, yeah, eight point three, a little high. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I felt like that was a little, little, little high. Little okay, high. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to judge people, but yeah, no, that's weird. Fair. But now we're moving on to an all-time episode. Oh yeah, one of the greatest episodes of the entire show. One of my top five episodes. We got Mr. Paul Dini writing, of course, and Mr. Bruce Tim directing. He's always good. So we have we have the yep. core group who are in charge of this episode, and that is oh, yeah. just very apparent with how <laughs> how good it is. But it's the man who killed Batman, and um, Ian, do you want you want to you want to talk a little bit about this episode? Yeah, I mean, I've I've always loved this episode. I mean, how can you not just watching it? But I gotta say, after rewatching it, I think if we redid our list now, which we definitely will at the end, I think this will be in my top five for sure now. Um, I just forgot how good it was, um, which is surprising given how little Batman there is in this episode. Yeah. Which normally yep. would be kind of a kiss of death, but in this, it, it actually works to his credit even more so. Yeah. Um, there's barely any Batman in this till the very, very end. And mm-hmm. that was the whole point of this. Literally, it was Bruce Tim and Paul Dini being like, what what would happen if we just did an episode without Batman in it? And which could so easily backfire and become gimmicky and just dumb. Which plenty of other shows experiment where you like you go off with a side character or, or back uh, a flashback episode, which always like feel like filler. But this is not the case. No, 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 not at all. They um, pulled it off. But uh, yeah, you wanna you wanna explain the episode a little bit? Well, yeah, it starts with um this low-level thug i mean if you you can even call him that uh not even i mean just yeah we're talking fresh recruit just wannabe gangster named sid sydney whatever Uh, i forget his full name i don't know if they ever say in the episode but um, uh, you know they they do it's um they just they call him sid the squid the rest of the episode but yeah it's um, it's sydney's sydney debris debris oh something nice, like that okay. i don't know i don't know i don't remember and um but yeah he's talking with a uh, rupert thorn uh and rupert thorn is just uh in amazement at this guy which you would you know never guess by looking at him because he literally literally looks like nothing he's small <laughs> glasses mousy just the least intimidating person you'll ever clumsy. see clumsy clumsy just no presence or, or command at all yeah, but um, but yeah, Rupert Thorne is like asking him, um, because apparently this guy is is going around that he killed Batman, and so, so we... right off the bat, you're like, okay, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> of all people, yeah. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's figure this out here. So you're yeah. I mean, you're hooked immediately. 
Yeah, it's a great way to start off an episode. So then we get a little flashback about his version of, of how it happened. Because, yeah, that's the question is, okay, if Batman somehow is going to be killed, you would never guess, <laughs> freaking the last guy you put in charge of watching the stash or safe house or whatever as the guy who did it. So that's right. a great premise alone. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, so it's a flashback of him and some other goons. I forget what they're doing. Some, uh, they're, 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 um, they're doing a drug run. That's what. That oh yeah. There's drugs. Yeah. 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 Cause uh, that's the whole thing about Rupert Thorne in this yeah. episode. Yeah. So they're doing, um, you know, some, some deal or whatever. And, uh, uh, Sid's on the roof. I forget if he's just like the lookout or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Cause that's all you can do basically. Well, and, and even um, say he's just there to distract Batman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and so freaking Batman shows up, and um, I mean, you can't even call it a tussle. It's basically Sydney just being clumsy, like you said, right. and like almost like repeatedly falling off the roof or falling into Batman. And Batman's like uh, literally annoyed at this guy. He's like, "Get off me!" And <laughs> and the guy has no idea what he's doing. And um, but yeah, he keeps like almost like falling off the edge of the building, and Batman catches him, and <laughs> you can tell just Batman is. Is over this guy because he's having to save his life. But he's he throws him into like a laundry, like a, a uh, oh, like a like a, inte- like a TV dryer. antenna or something. It's yeah, either yeah. A TV antenna or something, and it spins around and like hits him. And then the, all the other <laughs> people down below are watching, like, "Oh, Sid's taking on the Batman." And, you know. Yeah, because it looks like uh, Sydney is like fighting him and like throwing himself at Batman. Really, but he, he just tripped be... and yeah, is falling towards him, and then. Yeah, and so he ends up pulling Batman over the edge of the building, trying to like climb up him, and he's just like, just hold still, and yeah. pulls him off the side, and then gas tank explodes, and boom, there goes Batman. Yeah, he because he um because Sydney grabs hold of his cape or whatever, and Batman goes off the edge, and um Sid is left holding the cape and cowl, so that's the only thing that's left, and so yeah. it looks like. Yeah, it looks like he freaking killed Batman because he yeah, had this propane tank exploded and, you know, it's all this chaos. And again, the guys on the ground below, you know, thought Sydney was fighting him. So to them, it looks like he killed the Batman. Right, right. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to take it from there. Well, I mean, it. you know, we, we don't have to go through beat for beat. But and so the whole episode is just kind of seeing a bunch of different people's reactions to <laughs> Batman being dead. I mean, from the police, you know, uh, and I love, I love that part. That, that That's a great part. Because one, you have Bullock who's sad, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He, he hates Batman. And then and Montoya even does that. Yeah. And then Montoya and we never see commissioner Gordon. We just have Bullock say commissioners taking it really hard. Oh yeah, we don't. Wow. So yeah. That is brilliant. That's so well done. Yeah, that's a good move. Uh, little little things like that. There's several of those moments, but just Sydney over his head. Now now everyone's after him for different reasons and oh, yeah. getting attacked. And then all of a sudden yeah, he's bailed it... out of jail by Harleen Quinzel. First yeah, time, some lawyer from first, nowhere. Yeah, I know. First time we hear the full name of Harley Quinn is, oh, yeah, is, is. this episode. And um, then That's he has an interaction with the Joker. And Joker's yeah. not too happy with him, but he also doesn't <laughs> quite believe Batman's dead. So he's like, all right, we got to figure this out. So they stage a big robbery. and <laughs> well, For the sole purpose of Batman coming to, right. to stop them. <laughs> Explosions, all this stuff, the cops surrounding the building. And you just see Joker sitting there looking at the clock. 
And like keeps going. He's like, man, he's never been this late before. And then he's like, man, I guess he's not coming. And see Joker start to get start to get sad. And Harley is like running around with all these <laughs> jewels, and he's just like, no, put him back. Put him like, back. I he's love like, that. Put them back. <laughs> he's like, there's no, there's no fun, or like Batman's a punch, or no, there's no punchline. If yeah. I forget the line, but it's so yeah, perfect. He says, um, without Batman, crime has no punchline. That's it. Yeah. And that is the summation of the entire relationship between Batman and the Joker. Yep. Well, I love I love the scene earlier when um when Sid first goes to meet Joker and Joker, you know, is like doing his whole introduction about Sid and is in like amazement. And he goes to shake his hand and, and Sid just sees like the giant tack. Like it, you can't even call it a tack. It's like almost a dagger. Yeah. And I love how like Sid points out he's like, Oh my god and the Joker's like, Oh, oops and just <laughs> Well, I tried. <laughs> and then they have a great moment when He's like, all right, we need to stage this so that we can see if he comes. And one of his henchmen oh, is yeah. like, see who comes. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just shoves him to the hyena. Hyenas. Like, Don't ask stupid questions. <laughs> you just have yeah. Harley. She's like, I'll get the mop. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Har- Harley's great in this episode. <laughs> and, then, and then later when they're at the, the robbery, he's telling everyone what to do. And then he just looks at that guy. and He's like, any questions? And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then he's just like, man. Like man, fantastic! Yeah, Harley's great in this episode. Do- doesn't oh, yeah. doesn't do a whole lot, but man, nails the stuff that she. It, do- it doesn't matter because yeah, this is the whole point of her relationship is the the punching bag and and cheerleader for Joker at the same time. Yep, yep, exactly. And uh, yeah, that's so well done. So then after uh, the highest, <laughs> yeah. So after that, now now Joker realized Batman's gone, and he does. He's not, you know. He's so crushed. No, yeah. he's crushed. So what they do, they go to Ace Chemicals, of course. Of course. Half poetic. Day, because that's yep. where Joker was created. That's uh, what he would have wanted. First encounter with Batman. And they're gonna They're gonna have a proper proper <laughs> send-off. Proper send-off <laughs> for uh for Batman. They're they're gonna have a funeral for him. One of the greatest scenes in this in, in Batman just media in general we have the greatest joker moment i think of all time in any yeah. in any medium I mean, and we have the joker stepping up to a podium and giving the eulogy for batman the perfect eulogy and it is perfect <laughs> it is absolutely perfect it is it is um it sums up everything about the relationship it sums up everything about the Joker as a character, about Batman as a character, and just how good this show is able to delve into that. Is oh, yeah. it has never been matched. No, we, we came close in the Dark Knight, but other than that, it's never been anywhere near as good as it is here. Yeah, but it's just it's so good because he's just. Well, he- even before that, when they put the, the cow in the casket, of course, <laughs> Joker just adds a kick me sign. <laughs> he has to. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I love that. But it's such it's it's the best eulogy probably ever written in any Oh, movie. yeah. It's just amazing. Just, dear friends, today is the day the clown cried. And he cries not for the passing of one man, but for the death of a dream. The dream that he would someday taste the ultimate victory over his hated enemy. For it was the Batman who made me the happy soul I am today. 
how I agonized over the perfect way to thank him for that. Perhaps with a cyanide pie, pie in the face. Or an exploding whoopee cushion playfully planted in the Badmobile. But those dreams were dashed by the weaselly little gunsel sitting there in our midst. The cowardly, insufficient goff who probably got lucky when Batman slipped on a slime trail this loser left behind him. This mound of diseased hyena filth who's not fit to lick the dirt from my spats. But I digress. <laughs> the time for sorrow has passed. It's time to look to a future filled with smiles. And I'll be smiling again just as soon as we take that man there, slap him in that box there, and roll him into that vat of acid there. Fantastic. Nice. Fantastic. They throw Sydney in the... and shut him in the coffin, and then you have Harley Quinn standing there <laughs> playing Amazing Grace on the kazoo. Oh my god, the kazoo is perfect. <laughs> This is a terrible rendition. Slowly into the acid. They're all just sitting there. The Joker has tears coming out of his eyes. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. During the whole eulogy, Harley's just crying her eyes out. Yes, it's hilarious. She is. She is. <laughs> at, the, at the beauty of the words. It goes in there, and then you just see it slowly sink. And then you have my favorite line of all time. <laughs> Joker sits there, wipes the tear, and just goes, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? I mean, that's, that's that is perfect. my favorite. That is one of my favorite lines of any anything ever of all time. Mm. It's my favorite Joker line ever. It's it's the most perfect portrayal of the character that you could possibly do. Possibly. There's no way you could do the character any better than than in this these than this scene. Because it, it shows that even the one thing that he that gives his life meaning, if anything, even that when that's gone, it's just oh, right back to being the Joker. Right, because he's just it's, insane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, just, oh, I, I love how <laughs> I love how his eulogy goes from an actual like a somewhat you know respectable and heartfelt eulogy, then to just a roasting of freaking Sydney halfway <laughs> through it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he realizes how. How mad he is. Yeah, I just love the subtle turn where it's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> He's just directing all this hatred. Oh, man. But that that whole thing is just so great. Oh, it's perfect. And and then then you have Sydney ends up getting the, the box ends up, wa you know, washing ashore and He's okay, and that's when he goes to Thorn, and then we get to that. And then Thorn just does not believe a word that he's saying. Yeah. He's like, well, how you dare you him. come make making up? You're just trying to muscle in on my my stuff, and you're you're playing dumb. And yeah, he's like, this. you mean to tell me you somehow killed the Batman and then somehow like tricked the Joker? He's like, no one's that lucky or stupid. Right. Right. And uh, and then of course Batman shows up, saves Sydney, takes down Rupert Thorn. And um, we found out Batman escaped the blast and then was just like, oh, this will be interesting. Well, smart. You, you tell him to see where he goes. Yeah. For for a couple days. And he's just following Sydney. I'm not really sure why. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I don't know why. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming everyone knows it's Rupert Thorne doing right. the like, drug dealing. I right. mean, when Hitler when Hitler was 
almost killed in the assassination plot. He stayed dead to reveal all the traitors, but yeah, I don't get why Batman would do it necessarily. Yeah, that part doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But it doesn't matter because the rest of the episode is so right. freaking perfect. Yeah, but it, it doesn't matter because everything else is done <laughs> so, so well. Um, to be honest, this episode's just just the best Joker episode oh, in, God, in yeah. the whole series. And he's in it for a third of the episode. I mean, it's this and Joker's favorite yes. that are just perfect hand yeah. in hand. Yeah, for Again, sure. both both of evolving around Joker and some shalubby guy just <laughs> in the You're worst right. situation imaginable. You're right. That's a good point. I didn't even think. But about yeah, what, that. what's what's worse, owing the Joker a favor or you being the one who Joker thinks killed Batman or took Batman from him? Ooh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, well, I feel like say... probably being. Uh, I think Sydney was getting off a little bit easier. I guess so. All he uh, did I mean, was just throw him into that acid. He tortured the other guy for years. Oh, that's true. That's true. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Again, yeah, I don't think the Joker knows either. It's just whatever he's feeling that day. Yeah, they're both terrible. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, yeah, talked about Ace Chemical Plant. There's a few. There's a lot of interesting stuff for this episode. But, um, uh, yeah, so Ace Chemical Plant. Of course, or the perceived origin of the Joker, but it won't. Uh, they and they actually confirm that not till way later. That's not actually mentioned on the show until Beware the Creeper. Oh. that's the that's really the first time that that part's ever mentioned. Uh, Interesting on, on the show. Um, let's see. Uh, sorry. Okay. Um, apparently they're thinking the beginning of Joker's, uh, eulogy when he says, dear friends, today's the day the clown cried is a reference to the, uh, Jerry Lewis film that was never made or that never came out. Oh, of okay. the same title, which if you don't know about that story, that's an insane story about that movie's oh. production. It's like apparently the worst movie ever made. And he is, he like to his dying day trying trying to keep this movie from ever getting out and oh wow it's uh yeah it's it's this weird movie that's about he plays a clown in a nazi concentration camp oh no whose job it is to like lead children into the gas chambers holy hell and it's like (laughs) a dark i don't even know if i don't even know what it is it's it's the one of the weirdest things for a movie i've ever heard yeah, no so, kidding. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it's pretty fascinating though to to read about some of that stuff. It's okay. it's pretty it's pretty weird. But anyway, that I don't know if that's a reference to that or not. But it might be. Who knows? But yeah, uh, Bruce Tim said the idea came from with him. Uh, him and Deanie were debating on what it would be like uh, to have an episode where Batman really wasn't in most of the episode. So hmm. and of course it it worked out. Yeah, it worked out great. Which I feel like though they've they've experimented with that maybe not Danny and um, Tim directly but the show a couple of times and it didn't work nearly as well. I yeah. mean you have like you have Bruce in it but maybe not Batman. Whereas this you don't have either. Right. Yeah. Not at all. It worked great. Um, apparently the Kazoo Amazing Grace was actually <laughs> played by Arlene Sorkin. Oh no, kidding. <laughs> and and she was able to do it in one take. 
Oh, and, sure. And apparently later, Deanie said that it was really fortunate that she was able to get the whole thing in one take because immediately afterwards, the entire cast just died laughing. And oh, they I'm couldn't, sure. They couldn't reel them back in. So I, I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> so they were like, we were really lucky to get that in one take because we would yeah, have gotten would, it again. They would have had to come back the next day. That's pretty funny. I, oh, I would love to be in the recording studio when that happened. That's fantastic. That is oh, fantastic. Man. Just hear Mark Hamill just belly laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin Conroy. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, apparently, the nickname Sid the Squid was a very popular name with the writers at Warner Brothers. Uh, wow. at the time because it's used a lot it, it was used for one of the enemies of an uh uh of the animaniacs character slappy squirrel i think i remember that strangely enough it appeared in the episode robin's reckoning as one of the tony zuko aliases yeah it did it uh, sure did yep the name squid is improvised by eddie g when he notices the obviously he he just sees the logo of this can can company it's like has a big squid on it and that's that's what he does that but also um uh it, and the company says coburn calamari and apparently oh, nice. another tony zuko alias was killer coburn so oh i, I don't remember that one handful Damn. of deep okay. cuts in uh in there um apparently the kazoo scene is a parody of the funeral of spock in star trek 2 Oh, okay. I can kind of see that. Which is interesting. I didn't think about that. <laughs> All right. Um, That's pretty funny. Of course, the idea of the Joker not wanting Batman dead and enjoying yeah. having that, that's obviously very popular. And, of course, they did that a lot in The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. That's why That's why their relationship is the best between a villain and a hero. Yeah. Um, that's the only one when the villain doesn't want to kill the hero. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, in Mark Hamill's introduction for the book, The Joker, A Visual History of the Clown Prince of Crime, uh, it came out in 2011 and he wrote the he wrote the intro for it. He specifically mentions this scene, um, the, 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 the eulogy scene and said nice. and then in the, in, you know, and in, in the thing mentions the. The line, well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? <laughs> and he also credits both that scene and the line, without Batman, crime is no punchline, with being the single most significant moment to him, like getting the character of, oh, of totally. the Joker. Which yeah. Is fantastic. I know we've heard um, Kevin Conroy's like, favorite episodes. I don't know if I've ever heard Mark Hamill's. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I would love to hear that. If I ever go to a convention, he's there. Forget Star Wars. That's what I'm asking him. <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice to know. I, I, I bet this one would totally be in there. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. So, yeah, that's one of the all time greatest episodes. It's fantastic. So, yeah, cool. it, again, if you need any idea of what the Joker should be, just watch this episode. That's all you got to do. Mm -hmm. If you watch nothing else, you would totally have it. Yeah. Yep. 100 uh, percent. All right. So this episode came out on February 1st, 1993, and it's got an 8.8 .8 rating nice. on IMDb. It is the sixth highest rated Batman animated series episode. Oh, sorry, the eighth highest rated Batman animated series episode. So oh, it could it's be even high, but granted, there's some up there. stiff competition, but that's pretty good. 
Yeah, the only episodes ahead of it are Almost Got Him, both yep. Two-Face episodes, Trial, yep. Heart of Ice, yep. Perchance to Dream, and Beware the Grey Ghost. That's not bad. No, that's, that's a solid group. Solid group. All right, well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? <laughs> I know, now that's the perfect way to end this. I know. No it, plugs. It really is. But uh, <laughs> so next week we'll be in uh back in the 60s back in the adam west batman show um we're still plugging along through season two we just finished with the first catwoman episodes of of, yeah of the season which fantastic episodes really really good i mean any episode of catwoman is great that's true julian was perfect but um we are going to well uh-oh. It's not Catwoman. I think that's the best way to put it. It's okay. going to be another well-known villain known as the Minstrel. Oh, yes. How gotcha. can I forget the Minstrel? <laughs> I know, right? The Minstrel. <laughs> and, a terrible uh, name. <laughs> the titles are uh, The Minstrel's Shakedown and Barbecued Batman. So they just didn't even try and rhyme this one. No kidding. <laughs> they just gave what? up. They just gave up. On, you couldn't uh, even do something with a like, breakdown? No, they just just didn't wow. even try. It's not like you had a villain with a name like Orange in it where you're like, oh, we're, we're screwed. Wow. <laughs> that's that's not a good sign. Try. I just didn't even try. That is... Uh... All right. Well, that's interesting. We'll see how That'll that be goes. That'll be interesting. But that's yeah. what we're talking next week, so that could be a lot of fun. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, uh, make sure and follow us on Twitter at UncapedReview. Where I tweet all the links to the episodes and the YouTube videos and all that stuff. You can find all that there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at MarkyMarkBrand. You can follow me at IanBarkBark. Go ahead and do that. Also, make sure and check us out on YouTube, uh, The Uncaped Crusaders. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much all I got. Any any final thoughts, Ian? Uh, no, I'll try to get a different mic. I apologize for the uh, overbearingness of, of <laughs> my voice in this one. But, um. We no, were able no, to make okay. it okay. Yeah, yeah, no, but no, great. I just want to rewatch the episode again now. It's so good. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's one of the best. It's one of the best. It is. Uh, I, I can't wait sure. to, I can't wait to redo our, uh, top 10 list or whatever. Yeah, I know that, that is going to be, that is going to be a lot of fun to revisit. Yeah. Um, when we do come back to the animated series. Oh, yes. We have paging the crime doctor, Zantana and the mechanic. All right. Perfect. All right. So uh, okay. that's what we'll have when we come back. Oh, speaking of Santana, look at that. The show. Yeah. So Page and the Crime Doctor. And what was the other one? Page and the Crime Doctor, Zantana, and the Mechanic. The Mechanic. That was the other one. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what we'll get in two weeks when we come back to the show. There's only one more uh, episode in the second season after that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll, maybe, maybe we'll do all four. Might as well, yeah, because the one after that is uh, Harley and Ivy. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably just do all four of them. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we, got, we, got a, we got some time. Anyway, we'll see. that does it for this episode of the NK Crusaders Review. Thank you guys so much for spending time with us. I'm Mark. I'm Ian. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>